Hello everyone and welcome to the Rennick Centre podcast. Today we speak with Dr Francis Gentle about the UEB online resource and website and the upcoming launch of UEB Maths. We hope you enjoy. Hello, it's Trudy Smith from the RIDBC Rennick Centre, welcoming you again to the Rennick Centre podcast. And today we're joined by Dr. Francis Gentle. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, Fran? Well, hello there, Trudy, and it's lovely to be one of your speakers on the the RIDBC Rennick Centre podcasts. So I am an adjunct lecturer with the RIDBC Rennick Centre, and my area of focus is sensory impairment, and in particular vision impairment. I'm also um, president of the International Council for Education of People with Visual Impairment, which is of relevance to our discussion today, and co-president of SPEVI, the South Pacific Educators in Visual Impairment. So as you can imagine, I'm a, a rather busy gal. You certainly are. And this UEB Online is definitely one of your legacies and a way of sharing the news. So can you tell us a little bit about UEB Online? Look, I would love to talk about UEB online because I am so, this keeps me excited when it's time to go to bed at night. I'm just so excited about it. So it's, it's basically we have an RADBC UEB online team and the, the inspiration for this came from a few emails I was receiving from people in New Zealand saying, when are we going to have the good old Braille for educators that RADBC Rennick Centre used to offer, when is it going online? And that used to nag away at me. And then eventually I thought, this is it. We've got to do it. So we've established a website. So it's an RIDBC website. And on that website, we are offering free online training programs. And our first one, which we launched in 2014, addresses UEB Unified English Brown in a literacy context. And um, it took... We've got on board um, a wonderful IT guy called Craig Cashmore, who works with Peppercode. And Craig spent quite a bit of time with us developing the Braille cell that goes on to, into this online course, because it was the first in the world. No one had ever put up a Braille training program that was online, self-paced, so that people work at their own pace, self-marking, so you can't go on until you get it right and it gives you automatic feedback. So it was something completely new. So we launched it in 2014 with the no idea how it was gonna go. And over the time, we've had over 10,000 active users, registered users um, from 184 countries around the world. And I speak about this when I go to international conferences saying, why are they all 184 countries? We know they're not English speaking and why are they getting on board with this program and it's been pointed out to me that all of these countries need to know about English Braille because they produce English publications for their own countries. So now I understand. So that's been a major, um, uh, it's very exciting. It's really received uh, an international audience and 45% of those 10,000 people are American. And, and the main ones, yeah, UK is the second one, and the UK is about 30%. And then when you think about Australia and New Zealand's population size, we come in third and fourth with Canada. So, you know, we've got a lot of our own professionals and parents on board. So we and, and I need to ask that, friend, who is your target audience for this program? Yes, yeah, so our target audience are 
educators, sometimes it's an allied health professional or parents and siblings, classroom teachers and the peers of children who are Braille users who are enrolling in school. Anyone basically who, who will interact with the Braille learner. There's nothing better than having a parent who can write a Braille note, a birthday card in Braille to their darling child or can read what their child is writing in their homework book or submitting, you know, projects. So we're really encouraging parents and siblings and classmates. You know, my son, just as an aside, when I was learning Braille, loved, he learned Braille with me because it's a code and kids love codes. Absolutely. And because it's free, you know, a classroom teacher may register all of her, the kids in the class in preparation for the enrolling student who's blind. And they can all learn the beginnings of Braille together and it doesn't cost anything. And that's all they need to learn, you know, if they choose. Sure. But as a teacher, I'd be listening to this and wondering, but I don't have 25 Mount Battens or Perkins Braillers. And so how do I engage with this course without a Braille machine? That's an excellent question. So... In order to engage, because it's online, you need a computer. Um, at the time of development, we debated whether to make it iPad or computer, and we went with computer. So it's not compatible with iPad. And then you need an internet connection. Mm -hmm. So it will take any browser. It's, it's not, um, doesn't require anything in particular. And so from an ICEVI perspective, um, it means that anyone around the world can get on board. If you are a minister of education or you're a little teacher in a remote school, as long as you've got a computer and an internet connection, you can do it. Now, so one of the limitations, and it is a limitation of the course, is learning, translating what you have learned using a QWERTY, so a standard keyboard with six key entry braille, and that simulates brailing on a say a Perkins or a Mountbatten keyboard or okay a, or so I can use my computer keyboard to to use this course I don't need a, a braille machine no in fact you can't use a braille machine because of the interactivity of the course you have to be online so in developing it we've simulated six key entry because braille as you may or may not know has six key six dots and so we've simulated a Perkins and a Mountbatten keyboard. Um, we now have an, a um, version for people who are blind or have low vision and um, they can use a, uh, a um, braille keyboard with refreshable braille dots if they wish or audio. I think it would be somewhat challenging to do it by audio and memorizing the lessons but we've, we certainly have our fair share of people with print disabilities on the program which is also encouraging yeah. so if you are a teacher and you want to take what you've learnt in this online platform you will still need access to someone who's going to introduce you to the braille machines and teaches you the fundamentals of braille literacy and numeracy it's a little bit like and i've said this many times just because you may know the alphabet doesn't make you a teacher of literacy and it's the same for braille you may yeah. know the code, but that doesn't mean that you're going to necessarily know how to be a teacher of Braille literacy or numeracy. Sure. And I guess once I've, I've played with it, is it, is it hard to, to shift my brain from just tapping into a keyboard and then translating that to a Mountbatten or a Perkins Brailler? Well, I think because we've done utilise the six key entry and also I have to say on the website there are some videos of people actually using a Braille machine, a Perkins, to help 
those that need that support. Um, in theory, once you figure out how to get the paper into the machine and how to use backspace and forward and line, etc., the mechanics of the machine, um, the entry of the Braille should be rather simple because it's identical. Six key entry, just like on the online pl platform. So it's as close as we can get with the, with offering videos. You know, it's really hard. And it's, it is one of the, the limitations of learning in an online environment. But that exposure to Braille, it's so unique to be able to do it online. So it's still got so many benefits, this course. Who do you encourage to do the course? Yes, well, as I was saying earlier, it, we really would like anyone who engages with a child that is going to be a braille learner. And in many countries around the world, the kids who have the potential and should be learning braille because they have severe vision impairment or blindness and being directed to audio because there aren't the teachers out there who know braille. Um, even in developed countries like Norway, from what I have learned from visiting, braille is, braille is not going forward in this new era of digital technology. You know, it's so easy as a sighted person to say, mm. just use digital, use audio, electronic audio, because the teacher can access that. The problem with Braille, if you have teachers that don't know the code, they can't read what the child's writing in Braille. So the teachers feel that they're, they're not involved. They can't engage. They need a professional, a special Braille teacher to, to come in and transcribe into print. So um, where I'm hoping that it's not specialists at all that do the course that it's regular teachers regular families regular professionals who would be and this could be community-based rehab people in a rural environment where the child is sitting at home because the teachers say and i know this happens we can't cater for you because you're blind and we don't know how to teach you sure sure so You've talked about how the course is self-paced and self-marking, but what if I have a problem? What if I get stuck? Is there a computer person I talk to? How do I get help for, uh, if I have problems with it? This is a great um, question. We have in our UEB online team, um, we've got Craig, our IT guy, who we've, so we've got, basically we've got a, uh, an email address, a help email address so and we encourage people to take a screenshot of where they're stuck in the lessons so so let me backtrack a little bit so you register online and we just simply ask for people to put in their name and we'd like to know where you're from and also a password so that you are the only one that can access it um, and it's braille to print and print to braille in the literacy so you have a say lesson one you'll have some information and then you complete a braille print to braille activity and then a braille to print and that's what's self-marking um, so if you get stuck in those exercises we encourage people to take a print screen of where they're stuck because the program will be saying error and we need to know what exactly the person's doing because often you'll get an email saying but i did everything right and you know it's a computer <laughs> program it's not a human error that so they send their their um, screenshot to the wet to the email address that's there we've also got some q a questions online and i would like to further those q a questions because often um the same questions are asked you know help i'm stuck on how to write a website address in 
on the court, you know, in the exercise. And that particular exercise, you have to break the, the address over two lines and people get stuck with that. So there are more Q&As to come, but um, we do have some. And so we've got the IT guy who develops, if, it's a code, if we think it's a code issue, mm -hmm. if it's because we think they just I haven't done the right brailing, um, we have Josie Howes, who, who is one of our writers of content and she's very very well known around the world now because of the 10,000 people who've emailed and more than one of them has got a question every day she responds every day to at least five queries um, mm. so she responds if it's braille related and you and I Trudy are also on that that response list so that depends on the nature of the query Sure, sure. And so 10,000 people is extraordinary. Did you have any sense that you were going to reach these numbers when you launched this program? No, no, it's quite remarkable because at the time when we were developing it, Australia was one of the few implementers of Unified English Braille. The Americans, the British, the Irish, there was a whole lot of big countries, you know, countries in terms of population size who were not UEB um, users. So I actually thought it would probably cater for an Australian New Zealand market. But I think we've followed uh, the MOOC model. And I don't know if you know about MOOCs, Massive yes. Open um, Online Courses. Yep. And I met with um, someone from Coursera in America when we were in the development stage saying, how does a MOOC work? Like, how do these big, big universities offer free courses? And the MOOC model is you offer it free. And anyway, anyone who wants a certificate, and they're usually professionals who are receiving an income, um, pays a fee. And the money that's received from those uh, certificates covers the cost. So $50 is the cost if you want a, a um, certificate. What is the most amazing thing about this um, offering it free with a certificate? It's a bit like a Robin Hood scenario where it's given for free, but anyone who's got money covers the costs of all those free people who get on board. And I think it's the fact that it's free has opened it up to, to the world. And I'm proud as an, as an ICBI and SPEVI president to be able to say that there is no impediment to accessing this program. Doesn't matter how rich or poor you are or where you live, you have equal access yeah. because there's no fee. And that's something I'm very proud of. That's something in terms of legacy that I, I'm really yeah, pleased about. it's quite extraordinary. Final thought, Fran, is I guess in response to those people who say, why are we bothering with Braille when audio has, has come so far and speech-to-text, text-to-speech has progressed so far, kids won't need Braille soon because everything will be audio. You know, the way I respond to this question is to say, could you imagine if the world decided that everyone was going audio? And that we were no longer going to have books. We would, we would do away with all monitors and screens. You could just learn to use drag and dictate to, to spell and to write. But that's the end of reading in a visual way. The world would jump up and cry out that, no, you can't take away our print. Um, so Braille, people who use Braille are so emotional about this topic. They love to explore it, to revisit words their fingers to just like sighted people love to read and reread passages and store that in their memory banks through a multi-sensory approach.
Now, I know that I said that was the last question, Fran, but it suddenly occurred to me, what about maths? Surely Braille isn't just about literacy. Yes. Well, Trudy, let's, yes, let's go back to the very exciting launch that we, which took place at the Roundtable Conference in May. <clears throat> Our new UEB mathematics online training programs. Now, one of the things, and I don't know whether it's in the public, it's sort of an anecdotal thing that most people in the vision world know about is the fact that often children, Braille users, are very successful in primary school and they get to secondary school and they're often encouraged not to go on with mathematics. <clears throat> and the problem with that is if you don't have a foundation in mathematics, you also have limited access to STEM subjects, the other STEM subjects, science, technology, engineering, in, a, in later life. So, and one of the reasons they're often discouraged is because the mathematics teachers don't know Braille and they don't know how to adapt their content for those kids. So, the, this is where our UEB online mathematics courses come in because it will enable those mathematics teachers and teachers in primary school to understand Braille in a mathematics context. And at the moment, at the international level, we only have a, a one publication around technical aspects of UEB. So around the world, people have been saying, all right, we've got one book, one publication, which is quite slim. How do we teach UEB in a mathematics context? So again, this is kind of exciting for our ADBC and our little UEB online team that we've now launched the first of two training manuals. And this one focuses in on primary school mathematics. And it's all the main things in Braille mathematics, which are introduced in the curriculum of the primary school. And we have to be a bit careful because it's, we don't want to be saying it's an Australian program. So we, we've had Josie Howes write the content and she's drawn from many um, or sources. So I'm feeling confident we've addressed most of the things across the world, but who knows, we'll find out. <clears throat> and the next one is going to be a secondary school one. And this is huge. And we had hoped to launch it in May, but the content writing for Josie has proven to be much greater than anticipated. It's about twice the size of the first one. Because there's, can you imagine it? I'm not oh, a the mathematic concepts for high school. Yeah, you're giving me the dry hot. Oh, so oh my God. I'm not mathematical and I can't where you would begin to start. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, so we've launched it and um, RWC had a media release, which I sent out globally. And already we've got all those Americans on board with their queries. And I'm really excited about it. And I think the uptake will be as good as the literacy one, simply because people are really keen to know how to teach mathematics to Braille users. Yep. And I think the fact that it's online, the fact that it's free and you only pay for the certificate, yep. that you don't need specialised equipment to engage, I think it's fantastic. And I want to congratulate you, Fran, and the team for creating this amazing product. Oh, look, thanks, Trudy. And back with my ICVI president hat, um, one of the nice things is that there's an increased focus on mathematics for blind children at the moment. And ICVI, we're working on 200 concept videos we're going to launch through YouTube. <clears throat> so I see this mathematics braille online courses dovetailing beautifully with other supports that are going to be in place for teachers of mathematics. It's kind of the time. The time is right. 
date for this? Absolutely. And um, it aligns really nicely. The 17th of June, we're running a workshop on maths for students who have vision impairment and blindness. And this is the perfect lead in. And if you want to prep for that course, UEB maths is probably the ideal way to start thinking in, in that respect. So thank you so much for your time, Fran. I know that I've learned some things and I'm sure the audience did too. So thanks so much for your time. Thanks, Trudy. It was a pleasure. A huge thank you to Francis for taking the time to speak with us today. To find out more information about the UEB Maths launch, be sure to check in for the VizCon conference taking place in late June. And for more information about the Braille Maths workshop taking place as part of Vision Week, be sure to check out the Rennick Centre website, shortcourses.ridbc.org.au.